Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Her Daily Drive, a podcast series designed to inspire women to find their daily drive in Jesus. Hear a range of testimonies and conversations with women of all ages about their journey, the struggles and the triumphs. I'm your host Sarah and I hope today's episode encourages you. Let's get started. I'm very excited to have you with us today. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Di is a wonderful prayer warrior in our church, yeah. and I mentioned to someone that she was going to come on the first Her Daily Drive of this kind of next season of life, and they were very excited. She has a lot of wisdom to share and is a very godly woman who oh, I love and thank admire. You. Thank you, darling. Di, what are some things that you've been loving lately? Well, I love this church. Mm. I have always, and God placed me here sovereignly, and he said to me, I know many times I thought I'm going to leave because I was a Pentecostal, and I thought I'd go back there. But that's not what God had in mind. And he said to me, the cloud has not moved, and neither will you. Mm. And it's okay because that's I'm seeing things happening here now that we've prayed about for years. Mm. So that's a thrill to me. Because it's answered prayer. And I came from AOG, Surf City, which, Mm. of course, was Pentecostal. Yeah. And I've always been Pentecostal. And so for me, when God said I should come here, I said, what are you talking about, Lord? That's ridiculous. A uniting church? Me? (laughs) (laughs) But he had wonderful ideas. He did. And we are very, very lucky to have you and Ken in church. We're thrilled to come. (laughs) On weekends when you have time off, what do you enjoy doing? I enjoy painting, of course, which is my China painting. And we just love reading Mm. and we love to have a nice meal and sit down and enjoy each other's company. And it's just, we relax a lot more now because we're over 80, so we don't do a lot anymore. But we used Mm. to. But that life changes once you get older. You and I had a conversation on Sunday and we talked a lot about just some fun motherhood facts. Different, you know, when you were a mum and I'm a mum, very different times. I have nappies. Yep. that I use. And yep. I mean, some of my friends use cloth nappies, which is amazing, all power to them. But you said you had cloth nappies. Oh, yes, they weren't around. The others no were washing around. machine. No. And then no I had machine. to get one, but it was a twin tub, they used to call it. And one was a little tub that just went at crazy speed. The other one was a, a spin dry. So you had to take them out, spin dry, and then put them back, rinse them, and then put them back in the spin dry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you said that you used to have, when they were all babies, the whole, was it the street that you'd have, like, a book that you'd yes, write in? Yes, we did. It was called a babysitting club, mm-hmm. and we just had an exercise book. We picked the ones, we, you know, that were right for it. And if they didn't work out, then we put them out. But <laughs> it was husband and wife, of course. You had yeah. to have them married. And they had little people, and we had little people. So we, what we did was we took the book for a month. You were the secretary for the month, and people would ring you if they needed a time for a babysitter. And you would ring around and get the person to go, either mum or dad, whichever they wanted. And if you were out after 12, well, then it was double time. But you could go up to 20 hours without paying back. But once you got to that, you had to pay back all those hours you'd used. Wow. And they would, you'd pay it back into someone else, like babysit their kids. That's right. Yes. And then you'd just pass it on to the next one for the next month. Yes. And they'd be the secretary, see? Yeah. But it was the best thing that ever happened. We had it in Melbourne, and when I went to Sydney, I got one in Sydney as well. So we had it all through my kids' young years. 
because we were very social. Because mm. Ken's work, we had a lot of social things we had to go to. So for me, I needed that. Otherwise, it would have cost us a fortune. Yes. But I love it. I think it's all community building. And it's, it was. Yeah, and we got lovely. very friendly with yeah. all those people. Yeah. Because we were in their homes. Mm. And we were looking after their kids. And we got to know who's whose kids and all that, you know. Yeah, it it's wonderful. beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, I it's a it. shame it's not done more now. I know. Because... It costs too much for babysitters. It does. Not only that, you knew the people. Yeah. And your kids knew them. Yeah. That helped too. It almost becomes like family, right? Like, it did. Yeah. Yes, it did. And not necessarily Christians. They yeah. were all sorts of people. But, you know, we had them on all the streets. We would only be a certain area. Like you wouldn't go further than that. It's too mm. far in the car. You would only have like your local area. Yeah. That was the best way to go. I love it. Babysitting club. Love to go into that. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about your journey so far? Oh, it's a long one. I've lived in three states. I was born in Sydney during the war years. That was pretty terrible in those days. My father was gone for many years up in New Guinea. He was uh, in the Air Force. My mother and I had to go and live with my grandmother in Hamilton in Victoria. And we had many years for that. And then, of course, Dad came home. And then my sister was born, and then my I've got twin brothers who are mm. seven years younger than I. I've lost one, but I've still got that one. Now, we lived in Victoria, and all my three sons were born there. And then we moved from there to Sydney because of my husband's job. And we moved from Sydney to Toowoomba, from Toowoomba to the Gold Coast. And so we've had our three boys. They've always been with us. But now those three are married and have their own children. And I have 11 grandchildren. Amazing. Have you always been a Christian? Yes, I have. I was an Anglican when I was young. My grandfather was an Anglican pastor and my uncle was as well. And so we were brought up in the Anglican church and I was in the youth group for years. In fact, Ken was in the Presbyterian youth group and I was in the Anglican youth Ooh. group. And we went to dances together and met that way. And that's where our relationship started. How old were you when you met? Probably about 17, 18. But when Ken was 21, he caught a ship and went to England for two years. Yeah. And he said to me, would I write to him? And I said, yeah, I will. We were good friends. In those days, relationships didn't happen like they do now. We were friends. Mm. And we went to many dances. I had lots of boyfriends. It was a time of just thoroughly enjoying yourself mm. <laughs> and never being home. <laughs> I went to many balls. I had ball gowns. I had, oh, my goodness, parties dancers there was a dance on every Saturday night somewhere in Melbourne and you'd catch a train to go to it and it was safe to do mm. it's different now yeah when Ken came back he got a job again we got friendly again and then he said hey let's get married oh, just like that <laughs> just very casually yeah. we said well why not we're yeah. very good friends yeah and I believe relationships should start that way I 100%. really do because you know that person mm. and you really like them you learn to love them, but you like them first. 
diet. We talked a bit about on Sunday before doing this that I'm kind of going to focus a bit on motherhood in this next season of yes. her daily drive. Yep. But I actually was thinking, you know what, like motherhood, even though we're talking about that, it's actually about community and connection amongst everyone, really. It certainly is. And a relationship with Jesus. And you I thought, need that. Otherwise, you can't survive. Yeah. It. So listeners that aren't mothers, I think it's still so important that they hear these messages. Well, I've always belonged to a church, always. Mm. And I found that indispensable. You know, I, I've I've got to have that relationship around me to survive. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll go down the hill fast. Yeah. And I think many do. And they need to belong to Jesus first, yes, but to a place that they can call home in the Lord because otherwise <laughs> they can't make it. <laughs> no. And so what topic are you going to discuss with us today? Well, motherhood I think is important because I had a lot, three very sick children, three sick boys, and I had to cope with that as well as look after them. I didn't have a mum who could care for them as well because she had children still at home mm. when I had my sons. Mm. So I had to make a way for myself, and that was hard. And there's a lot of mums who are very lonely now, and I really feel for them because you need others around you. You need companionship with other women to talk your problems over to get some answers if you need them. I can remember when my son Andrew, he got cancer at eight. And the first thing I did was consult someone who'd had a child with cancer. I needed to know what I was going to expect. I needed to know how I was going to handle it. How did she handle it? What can I do to help handle it better than just falling apart, which is what you do when you find a child might die with cancer. So, you know, there's a lot of things for motherhood that you need to get in place when you're going to have children so you can get some help. A hundred percent. And that's why it's so important to talk about in today's society. Oh, yes. Amen. Mm. Amen. What has been your experience? You talked a bit about it just before, but dive in a bit more and tell us your experience with motherhood and raising boys and sick children. First child, I am ORH negative blood group. My husband's A, positive. We didn't know at that time that if you have a child, they will probably die because mm. they didn't have... See, that's going back. Michael's now 54, yeah. so it's a long time ago. And they didn't know about injections. They do that now. I know my daughter-in-law is O, RH negative, and my son, Michael, is A, positive, like his father. But she could have an injection so there'd be no I trouble. I get them. Yeah, Michael and I, so I get them with my boys, yeah. Okay, same thing. Yeah. So they didn't know in those days. So when Michael was born, he was yellow jaundice. He was very sick. He went home, he projectile vomited out, and he went past down past his birth weight. And we knew we were losing him. And so we went to the doctor eventually. She shoved us straight in the hospital. They baptized him before he operated on because they didn't think he'd make it. That leaves you speechless. You can't handle that. My faith was there for me, so that was helping. But they operated on him and he came out of it and he's fine. He's 54 now and he's got three kids of his own. Second one, Andrew had cancer and that was quite a journey. And then Paul, at two, had a strangulated hernia and he nearly died. Mm. So he was rushed to hospital and he had to be operated on straight away too. And he came through it all right. But, you know, these are shocks that you're not ready for. And you've got to have some answers because you've got to cope. You've got to be there for that child. You've got to bring them through the illness and out the other side. And so others can help you, but you need your faith. Without your faith, you're going to lose it mm. completely. 
how did you stay inspired and encouraged in that really hard time? Yeah. Um, and how did you hold on to your faith in that time when things are really hard? Okay, I had prayer friends, mm. and I think you need that. I had two or three. You know, just you don't need a lot. You just need someone you can talk with, who can pray with you, who can give you a word in season to help you through the day. And sometimes you'd lose it altogether. I mean, that's natural because, you know, it all gets too much for you. But I think if you've got a church that you can belong to and go to the pastor or go to whoever's in charge of whatever, you know, as long as there's someone you can talk with, who can pray with you, who can put you back on the pedestal again, if you like, whatever you say, but to help you through the hardest times because you get tired (laughs) and very weary, weary of caring, but weary in your health, Mm. weary and just to cope. Mm. And Ken was away a lot, you know, with his job. So I was left alone to do that. But God made me strong through it. His word never failed me, Sarah, never. How did you find, you know, time to, because you're a woman of faith and I know that you do read your Bible. Oh, yes. How do you find time when you're so busy with kids and, you know, you've probably got hospital appointments mm, and life is very chaotic. How did mm. you find time to make sure you're still spending time? I made time. Mm. I made time. I just decided that if I didn't have time, mm. I wasn't going to make it at all. So I would put myself, you know, the kids when they were at school. Before that, I would just get up. Sometimes I got up at two in the morning mm-hmm. and I'd sit with the Lord. And there's peace and there's quietness and the kids are asleep. I remember Ken coming out once and said, what the heck are you doing out here? (laughs) And I said, I'm just praying. Oh, don't be ridiculous. You need your sleep. And I thought, no, God will make up my sleep. Mm. And he did. I can honestly say he meets your need right where you are. It's not, you know, a maybe. It's true. And if you're going to give time to him, he will give it back to you Mm. in, you know, sleep or whatever you need. He really does. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) What does the Bible say about this topic? The one that really got to me, and I wrote Mm. it down because I think that spoke to me better than anything else. We are assured and we know that God being a partner in our labors, all things All things work together and are fitting into a plan. We don't realize that. We think, oh, this is the worst day of my life. Well, hey, it might be, but he's going to work it for good and is going for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. And, of course, we know that's Romans 8, 28. But there's truth there that we can hang in there. The worst day of your life is probably the best because he's going to work it out in a plan. And I just want to give a testimony to Andrew. That's the best one I've got because he was so ill. Operations, chemotherapy, ray treatment, nearly loss of life. But out of it, he learned the piano. He played with Lego. And where is he now? He's a music director of Emmanuel College and he's doing (laughs) Lego Masters. (laughs) Yes, yes. God He got thoroughly saved and baptized in the Spirit. And when that happened to him, he was alive in God after all the illness that he went through. And God just met him right there where he was at. He went to a Christian school then because he'd missed two years of school. And so I had to get him into a place where it would be a Christian school. And I did in Sydney. And out of that 
amazing things happened. Mm. So that's a testimony. Yes, it's bad when it mm. happens. It's terrible. But know that God's got a plan with it. It's not all ending there. It's going to have something else with it. Yeah, that is beautiful. And hindsight is a beautiful thing, I think, as a Christian. Oh, Which your testimony. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And out of the bottom line was we formed a group with all the children's parents with cancer and leukemia at Camperdown Hospital in Sydney, and we built the first Ronald McDonald house. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Yes, we did. Oh, we had all sorts of functions to raise money. But Ken worked for an American firm. And they knew the people who started Ronald McDonald House in America. Mm. And they got a meeting together with Ken and that guy. And he said, look, I really want to start them in Australia. And Ken said, yeah, well, that's great. He said, you know, my child's got cancer. We talked about it all. He did. And then he said, look, look, I can come back. I'll come out, he said, and, and we'll see what we can do. Well, near Camperdown Hospital, it's not there anymore. and now in Westmead. But near there was an old house. Complete wreck. You know, there was nothing. It was awful inside and everything. But we could buy it for a practically small amount. So we did. We bought it. And people offered their services and came and decorated the house. New kitchens, bathrooms. I even went to the Bible Society and they gave us a Bible for all the rooms in the house. Amazing. I know. So anyway, we got the house going and that was for the country parents who came down for their kids Especially mm. if you have ray treatments every day. You've got to be there. You mm. can't miss a day. Years later, they built another little house next to it for a caretaker. So, of course, now the hospital's moved to Westmead. So I don't know what's happened to the house. But they're everywhere now. Oh, yes, yeah, they are. It's, it's taken it off. Take off. Actually, I yeah. know. And McDonald's gave us so many dollars for how mm. many we raised. Yeah. They were really wonderful That's too. so beautiful. Yeah. Well, Di, I just I think you have an amazing story, so we might need to have you come back eventually because I feel like we've only just like, touched the surface. But do you have any final words of encouragement before you go for mothers and you know even mothers with sick children, people that aren't mothers? We're all a yeah. physical and spiritual mother, I think, or have yeah. a spiritual physical mother in our lives. Yes, any it's final good to words have of encouragement? that. It's good to have that and to make friends with other Christians who will mm. stand by you. I, for a long time, when the children with cancer, I had a phone ministry. And I let people whose mum, the mums with children with cancer and leukemia, they ring me and talk mm. and allow it to get out, cry, whatever has to happen. And I was there for them. And I think if you've been through that, then stand with someone who's going through it. Mm. You know, make yourself available for that. Or find someone, like, you know, I know the mums with the kids with cancer. They didn't want to talk to anyone else who didn't know about cancer and have a child who'd gone through it. So I think you've got to sort of line up yourself with others who've walked that road mm. and ask them, how did you get on? Can you help me, please? I think that that's one of the main things. But other than that, have a wonderful relationship with your Heavenly Father mm. and know that he's there for you. He never leaves you or forsakes you. That's exactly his words and they are true and you can believe them. It's nothing but the great trials and dangers we have experienced would ever lead us, some of us, to know him as we have because we need to know him through the trials and so we can draw from him and the great measure of grace during that time of our greatest need mm -hmm. and you get his grace when you've got the greatest need because he meets you. He meets you where you're at and he sometimes... The trial is horrendous 
It's like a scythe going over the grass in the garden, slicing you in half. But he will give you a double blessing at the end of it, and you'll know that he's going to give you a shower again to let the grass grow mm. and come back into normal again. You know, you don't need to be concerned. He's got it in his hand. I actually was just thinking I might get you to pray for everyone. Yeah. yeah, just pray for everyone on the podcast. Okay, yes, pray for the mothers because I know that's the, you oh, know one of your strengths. Yes, and I love them. Be great. Yes. Okay, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you work all things together for good for everyone who believes and loves you, and that every word you say does not go out void, but accomplishes all that you wanted to accomplish. And we can stand on your word, Lord, and believe it and have faith for it to be happening for us. We just say thank you, Lord. I pray for all the mums and your new ones, your babies, anyone that's got sick ones. Lord, I pray, give them your love and peace and a word in season that they can stand on and know that you never, ever leave them or forsake mm. them. But you care every day, every minute of that day for their whole purpose in life and what they're doing. Lord, I just pray a blessing on all those who are listening that they will know their God and that they'll have peace and stand with him and him with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Di, thank you so much for coming and sharing a bit of your story with us. My pleasure, darling. My pleasure. Anytime. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I don't know about you, but I always leave feeling challenged, inspired, and encouraged to continue seeking a deeper relationship with Jesus. For notifications on future episodes, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week.